0: We are all guilty of buying clothes that we think we love. These dust collectors sit in our closets with the tags still on. In this episode, you will meet Socks Van. As the principal master designer for his boutique, August Ashley, Socks is styled in tailored suits for celebrities and executives throughout North America. While that might sound intimidating... Socks has a down-to-earth and human approach towards exploring how we think about our own personal style. Our aim with this conversation is for you to take a few minutes to think about your style, your identity, and how you can gain clarity as to who you want to project, why you want to project it, where you want to project it. We finish with some practical steps towards how you can take ownership of your personal brand from a style perspective. Let's have fun with this one. Drop the beat, try and Beats. Socks, welcome to the Driving Ambition podcast. So excited to have you on the show. Yes, sir. Glad to be here, man. I've been following
1: along. Uh, Big, big supporter of Adrian and the things that he's been trying to do. Always, you know, really, really feel like with, especially within our kind of like uh, Southeast Asian community, especially he's doing things that are, you just look up to it and say, "Wow, man!" You know, and that's that's what ambition is. When you see someone that's ambitious, usually you say, "Wow, shit!" Like, damn, you know, all those kind of words come out, and then and you always want to support someone in that that's doing that with their life.
0: Oh, thank you. I'm I'm humbled, especially coming from you. We've known each other for almost eight years if not more. Seven, eight years. Seven, man. eight like just so much, so much has so much has happened in that period of time. And I will say like you've bestowed upon me that heightened sense of swagger and confidence. And so you've you've definitely been a contributor to this. Even in our uh interactions, they've been, you know, we've definitely developed like a close friendship, but it was born out of our conversations around design and style and the suits yep. that sure. you've helped me with and have outfitted me with even the cover art for this podcast is in a one of your suits and you took the photo. So I think there's, uh, there's kind of proof <laughs> in the pudding there.
1: Yeah. I think it was the, uh, sitting in the garden patio square with a slight turn back barbarous summer check from Jeez. the 2014, 2015 line. Brown with auburn red highlights. We did the pants to match. We did the full suit, uh, second pair of pants. I remember, and that I think you had just started wanting to pose at that time. It was still very new and very foreign. The actual, it's one thing to dress, but it's a whole other thing to pose without being a poser. And that was kind of fun. We took 15, 20 minutes that morning and uh, just had a little fun with it, you know, just learning expression, posture, position, angle on a quick like summary type of thing that was good that I got that one Andy and then you repaid that back by sending me a photo of you and your new blue stripe when your first couple years in New York came up with the matching I think it was Ted Baker bag if I'm not mistaken yeah with the brown handle headphones just like you have now um and that's still in my favorite section on my iPhone so I use that to sell a lot of striped suits
0: (laughs) (laughs) you know what though like you've through that experience or through these experiences have outfitted me and helped me prepare for situations where I needed to be my best self or put my best self forward. And whether it be public speaking, speaking in front of thousands of people, preparing for an important executive meeting, or even just like attending a wedding, uh, you know, this has been such a huge difference maker for me. It's certainly given me an edge. So I wanted to thank you for that. Yeah, for sure, bro. Clothes,
1: lifestyle, everything should always inspire confidence, should always reflect your character. And then the third C for me is always that cohesiveness, cohesiveness in thought and direction um, and kind of like what you're trying to put out so that all those things, it's like a chain, they all connect together. And if you don't have those parts, then you're not going to build that kind of image of yourself that you
0: want people to describe you as simple simply put right and that's so thematic with this particular episode and this conversation and you know in and around style identity specifically for context you've worked with celebrities CEOs politicians people and regular people like myself and you know people <laughs> hey, hey, who want to, <laughs> people who want to effectively have some sort of presence that impacts the way in which they exude their message or their level of confidence given their role or what they want to project. And so with that in mind, in your view, why is it important to have style?
1: I mean, that's, that's the same as like your name. That's the same as like your branding. That's the same as your place that you want to be held to uh, within the world. You know, your standing, um, And that's really, really important because no one can actually, just looking at you, know what your income level is, like in terms of, well, what does this bank account statement say? What are the numbers? You can't tell. But all those, you can tell to what extent, what bracket someone is in or what they're aspiring to be, where they like to, how well they articulate themselves, their taste level. Even sometimes if the guy likes red over white wine, just by like how he dresses. It's it's really important. And that's why style itself is so important because it's really just another language. That's what people forget. It's a language through physical goods, i.e. clothes, that we use to express who we are. Uh, and that's what people don't get. What well, people do get, and we often see it used more in a negative connotation, when we say, oh, the guy's pants are too low, or he dresses like a Right. And we often in society, we lack good words for saying someone is very sartorial or like we use common words like well dressed. But we don't use good words for someone that has their quote unquote shit together and looks like real fly. See, even I lack those positive type words because so much of the verbiage and the character assessment style is always from the negative side of what style is. Right. Guy dresses like a bum oh shit's whack but we rarely ever say that gentleman really has been able to articulate himself through clothing like you never hear that and I think that's what's really important when we talk about style that though we lack those words in language we don't lack them
0: in clothing Mm. that's such a salient point because you talk about brand and it being synonymous with your name really and I think there's some subconscious elements that go into the decisions that you make around how you present yourself for sure so i guess with that in your view then how is um style linked to one's identity
1: it's you know you if i take a book and every book you know has a cover and there's usually two covers on a book you have the actual hard cover and then people print this glossy piece that goes over wraps around the edges i mean everyone knows what i'm talking about the pictures pretty much painted. Right. But you'll notice there are two different things. Usually the inner binder is just solid, has a little script of like book a, like ambition podcast. But then the outer cover might have the graphics, the detail. They've thought about having two typefaces, the ISBN book number in the right place, everything. And that's literally what style uh, and image image is actually um, image is your cover. Mm. That last layer, that goes around the book, even though the book might have a binding and have pages, it's the part that when you look on the shelf, people pull out because they like the way the typeface looks. They like the size and shape of the, ob- of the book itself. Um, the color, the cover graphic, the image that they use behind the letters. And that's exactly what the image part is. It's putting all those elements of shape, proportion, color, pattern, print, all done to literally describe what you or what this book is going to be about. Super easy. And I I go to Indigo all the time, every Monday with my kids, and I give them an unlimited budget to buy books. Literally unlimited. For me, though, I buy a book based on the cover. I like the way it looks. Yo, that's hot. I buy it. I don't read it usually, but I buy it because – but at least I bought it and looked at it because the style of it was – it spoke to me, and that's the thing. The style is all about that cover, like you know, we have our body, we have our how we look, our shape, how much we put into that in terms of going to gym, this, that, and then we have the secondary element of our bodies, which is you know our style, the clothes which we wear, and what we wear says everything to people about who we are. Same with the wallet; they can't see in our hearts right off the bat and say, "Oh, that's a good guy, bad guy. He's this, this." but they look at what we're wearing and then they make general assumptions of that. And what you want to do with style is actually place those assumptions in the person's mind about who you are and not give them the opportunity to make their own assumptions about who you are. And that's why style is so important to me. It's you're speaking without speaking. You're saying without saying, and you're swagging without letting anyone like tell you what it is. So, and
0: that's the best way like I can put it in that, and the way that I look at it on, from a daily perspective. Yeah, for sure. And that absolutely resonates and has been part of my own journey in terms of how I've uh, curated certain aspects towards my outfits or, uh, you know, again, I, I spoke earlier about certain uh, needs to put my best self forward and or in other areas where I don't need to as well. Right. You do this professionally, and I'm curious to understand through your consultations, whether you know, you have a client coming in who is preparing or wants a piece or pieces for certain events, uh, they want a, a full seasonal slate, they are preparing for a wedding. What would you say are some common things that you ask yourself or you ask them to help uncover who they are and what makes the most sense for them from a sartorial standpoint?
1: It's kind of before we get into like close with people, right? We And a lot of people say they want to know the person first, mm. but you can never really know a person in like 30 minutes, 30 days even, but you can ascertain certain things about them. So, and it, it all relates to like oneself. So one of the important things is, how comfortable are they in the, in their own shell with themselves, right? The second part is how confident are they within their own self, right? And the third part is character. How much character are they willing to express? Because we're all crazy inside, but not all, all of us let it out. Even the biggest square that you would think is a square probably paints a square with polka dots inside and whatnot, right? So it's really important to understand from a comfort perspective is like, you know, comfort is how much is he willing to spend? How far is he willing to go? Um, is he, and comfort and confidence are almost kind of like interrelated. So, you know, when usually when you're confident, you're comfortable. When you're comfortable, you're confident. Um, and that's, I judge that. Um, and then I judge like their character, meaning is he a goofy type? Is he a chauvinistic type? Is he a very like, you know, prim and proper type, etc. And then my brain automatically starts cataloging what mm. patterns prints colors etc are representative of that character profile that i built for him and i generally and you know, we talked about this once before we we call it the bar right and it's like a line at one end of the line you have spectrum you have like extremely like uncomfortable for the client within what he may pick and too easy and then you got to gauge and find where his comfort zone is in that and we always give you a little bit over and a little bit under. It's the nudge effect, right? You were, I think you were just talking about how fly King West is for certain reasons right now. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. You always want the friend or the person that's right there beside you, giving you that calming, um, reassuring nudge to say, you can do this. Because this is within your zone, maybe slightly, you know, a little push to say, you can do this and then let's do it. You never, and then all you do in life is move that, that bar slightly forward, a couple of TikToks, like every week, every month, every new session, every year, until that person becomes extremely confident, extremely comfortable, and extremely willing to express their charisma through their clothes. So I think that's really important from describing that.
0: Yeah, that's great. And I too, I, again, this resonates that I went through that journey where I didn't, I would never have thought to own a purple suit. <laughs> so um, it's been absolutely amazing. Just that overall kind of process, creative process, design process, and then the realization and clarity that you get on your own identity. I yeah, was, absolutely, you know, I, w- I was lucky to be one of your early clients when you opened up your own shop uh, that many mm-hmm. years ago. And you, you certainly have um, a pretty expansive uh, client portfolio With that in mind, I'm actually curious, like how did you first become passionate about this?
1: Passion is kind of like a weird journey. Like when I was young and small, young and small, I'm still small, I'm still young, (laughs) after getting carded this morning. But uh, it's really important to like, you don't, it's the same way, like you didn't know you're ready to buy a purple suit until you said you wanted to buy a purple suit. But the whole time, you were investing years into learning about yourself. Like, am I comfortable yet in a check? Am I comfortable yet in brown? Am I comfortable yet in green? And then your progression just goes through that. And as when I first learned, I didn't realize, whoa, when I was 16, I, had, I went and flipped burgers at McDonald's so I can buy Nikes. It didn't, because didn't, I didn't look at it that way when I was 16. I just wanted those Nikes. And I would take any job, and then and so on and so forth. And, and then I had like sixty pairs of shoes towards the end of high school. Then I had twenty-five Ralph Lauren jackets, and then and so on and so forth. And then you know, university came and this. And then friends were like, "Let's do this in fashion." And literally one day, I looked at my closet and the expansiveness—not not to show off or anything, but like the variety of styles, um, colors, patterns, prints. And I'm like. I really do like clothes, man, because my bank account reflected the fact that I had no money for groceries, but I had a fly wardrobe. So even at the grocery store, I could look fly, but I don't buy a couple of items. So um, it's kind of, that's really, I don't know what the word is. Uh, I apologize for not having that, but it's kind of like that introspective self comes to fruition. It just hits you. It's, there's no like, oh, when did I know that I wanted to become a doctor? It could have been at that moment when someone on the beach got sick, I was watching that Netflix show, and I I jumped in and helped, and I realized I wanted to help people. Mm -hmm. And same way, like, I realized that I had spent so many years reading and looking at pictures, buying from every genre, every style, Japanese culture, African culture, Parisian street style. And then I really was like, I'm good with people. I really love clothes. I can really help people get to where they want to be stylistically. And it all made sense. It's like, why do I like buying so much shit? Oh, well, I buy it because I want to experience what it's like in that stylistic world. Cool. I get that world now. So if I get a person that has the character, the confidence, and the comfort in that genre, I can speak to him in that language in the Parisian street style genre. Or if he's like African, big colors, bold, he likes that. I've done that. Remember, there's a session where I did pink, canary yellow suit, like all that. Mm-hmm. And people don't realize if they look through my, my old Instagram feed, but you could see very distinct three to six months uh, sections of where I'm exploring a very specific element within sartorial style, whether it be like, this is all the boldest, biggest patterns. This is all monoblock. This is all short jacket this is all a whole running shoe section of suits it was all strategic in the sense that I wanted to explore these things because I felt like I could make it you know be better at my job and be better at like what I do Mm -hmm. and that's and that's kind of like when I got into it and obviously you know you find when you're helping people and you're really helping them to become the person that they want to be I think that's more rewarding than the paycheck then selling the clothes then whatnot because like you know i came by your place the other time and you were gracious enough to let me and my boys stay there while we we're having meetings in new york and the first thing i did looking for your bathroom not being able to find it was i accidentally stepped into your closet And i was like that's a lot of pieces that adrian <laughs> has but see i didn't say that's a lot of pieces i made mm. i said that's a lot of pieces adrian has because all the pieces reflected adrian's style adrian's aesthetic adrian's color palette and you could see there was a lot of pieces and you could see adrian your progression from what you were comfortable wearing to what you wanted to wear to like yo know, i i can do this on my own i'm gonna suggest some ideas later in the future and and that was really rewarding because you can just like a timeline on instagram you can tell someone's character progression status progression everything through their wardrobe, through what they're wearing down to the, you can ascertain how they've grown just by how long their outseam pant length has changed, you know? So, and people be like, what does that mean? Well, when the length is start fitting, right. It's not too long. It's not too short, And this, this person starts really, really caring about, you know, the little things that make outfit perfect. And also obviously reflective of their identity and their style that they're trying to, to put out. Yeah. Yeah, that's a little summary there.
0: Right. No, I appreciate that. And in speaking with some of your other clients that I run into in the shop, I remember one client in particular said to me that he absolutely just loves the overall experience. That's why he keeps coming back. And it's because, in my view, it's because of your investment in the actual person that helps to bolster and helps to elevate the overall experience itself. So absolutely remarkable uh, in in terms of your ability to bring that out of people. You talk about helping people stylistically. And so Mm -hmm. I want to turn our attention to some of the more practical elements. And I get asked for context, I get asked, Adrian, can you go shopping with me? Adrian, I have a Uh, an event and I want to take my boyfriend to it, how should we dress? (laughs) I get asked some of these questions and you and I discuss going from bad to good or good to great and was just kind of curious, what practical tips do you have for some who are trying to just find their way stylistically?
1: I really spoke on that a bit before and that's a common, common question that isn't necessarily asked, which is funny. But it's stated to me, like, by clients when they say things like, you know, I think I'm ready. What do you think of? Or even just straight up, I think I can really pull this off, mm-hmm. right? So those things all reflect that. The first thing you do when you're trying to figure out, like, you know, before you even ask anyone anything about clothes, you got to look inside yourself first. Get a pen and paper, get a thing. Just who am I? Where am I comfortable? Like, what do I want to be like? You got to be able to say it to yourself. And we call that like, you know, looking inwardly at yourself, right? And that's really, really important. And then, you know, and then next thing, once you have kind of like a descriptor and you get the words that start popping in your head, kind of sit and reflect on your style. Go through some magazines, pull out the page of the one that inspires you, put it on the wall. And you're going to, you, once you put enough pages on or even screenshots, whatever in this new age, you're going to say, ah. That's my style identity. That's where, that's my comfort zone. Cool. And then we're talking about that bar again. Now we can look at things that are a little less in the comfort zone, mean easy. These are my go-to. We call it go-to once you have your bar. And then, you know what? These are the things I might want to try on the outside of that comfort zone. And then, then you're good. And by putting those things on the wall, what you're really learning to do is idolize. You're learning to look at people, places, uh, environments that inspire you. So, you know, someone might like, I don't know what the hot, hot man restaurant at in New York is, but if you like an image of that, that's a lifestyle that you want to ask, you want to be. And then you're going to look and say, well, people that go there, what do they look like? What do they? And you say, like, that's relatable to me. Or maybe that's not quite how I want to look or how I want to be, because these are all things that connect to each other. So when you're idolizing, you're also learning to grab inspiration from people in that style environment that you like and you can't you can't negate that gravitational pull it's very innate it's very natural what you gravitate towards whether it's from based on nature nurture experience etc don't be afraid like gravitate towards it because all you're trying to do is find a place to land Mm -hmm. and it's okay to land and then move from that spot but you got to land somewhere You know, you never want to be on a parachute and and, and not know where you're going to land on the ground, right? Obviously, you want your parachute to work, but you you don't want to land in a bunch of trees. You want to land in a nice field, et cetera. And that's the same exact thing. You want to know where you want to land, where you're comfortable. And then, you know what? You can get up and move from there. You can jump again, find a new landing spot that you're more comfortable with. And that's really important. And, you know, once you've got all those kind of things, those are like the personal self stuff. Then the practical, real-world stuff in terms of like is, you know, we were talking about it earlier. I don't know if this is the right time to so discuss, but we ca- I call it constant cataloging. So it's really important. And all that means is it's not a catalog or booking, book anymore, but knowing your size everywhere or everywhere that you like, whether, you know, you, a simple simple practice in, in reality in the real world that you can do is go to the mall, pick all your favorite stores that you like or you see product and you like, and try on the clothes so you can learn what your size is in each brand. That way, if a sale pops up, or that way, if you're trying to buy something online, you know it'll fit you right, you're comfortable. And we're actually hardwired in our brains to know if something looks good. No one has to actually teach you that. Uh, If you, it's, it's weird, it's some pseudoscience that we may get into one day, but you know if it looks good. You know, the guy that gets compliments on the street, by women, by men, by this. It has nothing to do with the person knowing that he bought a piece of clothing here and there because the brain automatically understands how to calculate ratio, uh, this, that. You know, they do those scientific research on what makes a woman beautiful, angle over tilt, ratio to chin, cheek, etc. It's the same thing in actual clothing. So, and don't, so you don't, you're not afraid to say, if it looks good and you think it looks good, it looks good. Trust yourself that's when experts come in and help you expand that trust and grow that trust and push you into a next level self that and then you'll see that what you thought would look good might not look good now because you've grown as a person your level of understanding and trust in yourself has grown and then you'll be really good so that's that's a simple way of knowing your size knowing what you're comfortable and then by just shopping like that you'll experience more brands and be like oh wow like man, I'll, that looks good. I'll try that or I'll try this, right? Or, you know what? I wouldn't have bought that shirt at regular price, but because it's on sale and it's the size I know that fits me, boom, let me try that. And next thing you know, you're, you're off to the races once again. So that I think that's really important when you're trying to take ownership of yourself is know where you're comfortable fitting, know the brands that you like, uh, and, and then try,
0: try them all out so you're, you're comfortable and confident in, in that. Beautiful. So, so practical, uh, so easy to follow. I was actually Mm -hmm. just curious, do you have any advice around the use of color? Yeah.
1: I mean, color is one of those things. uh,
0: Maybe because I'm a person of
1: color, we (laughs) all say like I see color in a different way. Um, But one of the things is I find super easy is just like knowing like the color palette, knowing like your color wheel and people be like, Oh, that's too complicated. That's some YouTube makeup guru shit. It's not really. Uh, One of the easiest ways is, you know, if we all go to Home Depot or if we all go to like a paint shop, they specifically group color wheels on purpose. They simply group shades together that work and that complement one another. So you can literally go and just pull out some paint swatches, hang on the wall and say if you like that color, put it against your skin tone and say, I'd be comfortable wearing that. It's gonna be super easy. It's the same way like you put something in front of you and say that's ugly. If you say that's ugly, it's ugly. Don't wear it yet. You're not ready. Or maybe that's not you. And that's the same thing. It's a natural gravitation to the things that you like and the things that you're comfortable with. Um next level color is just color is really we talk about a lot of words with the letter C in fashion, even though fashion is like clothes, etc. And that when you're comfortable and when you're confident. Color is the natural progression of that because you can deal with cut all day. You can deal with comfort, et cetera. What's the last element is color. It's always the last thing. Like, it's like a painting, right? We, you'll see a real painter. will take a pencil, draw the layout, right? Then they might take another marker, highlight the shapes and everything. What's the last thing they do? They add color. And dressing well is the exact same thing. Build your frame. Build your outline. Erase if you have to. Smudge, smear. Make that, and then when you see that that image is exactly what you want to paint, paint it with color because you know the rest of the foundation is good. So color is just the expressive form of clothing. There's the practical form of clothing, which is the framework, knowing your fit, knowing what your brands you're comfortable in, and then there's the expressive part of fashion, which is, right, yeah, well, same thing, that yellow shirt I wouldn't have bought if it was regular price, I want, you know. So we always have something that limits us from color. It's usually confidence or cost. Because, you know, we don't always want to splurge on something that's loud and we might not wear often. But if you have the framework,
0: then the color is a super easy part to add into the conversation. Unbelievable. It was great to have you on the podcast. You recently rebranded your shop from Dirty to August Ashley. Uh, Tell the listeners just a little bit with regards to your new endeavor.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I grew up in the hood and you know everyone that dressed real fly or it was a common slang term and i'm 40 now so uh, when i was young people be like yo that's dirty but dirty actually meant like it was everything all the elements were together the colors etc so that was cool for a while um it was who i was for a while and same thing i experienced growth i experienced change i experienced a desire to move in a different direction and one of the things being a, a Refugee, immigrant, first generation is, I don't have anything that's legacy that I can leave behind. Like, I can't leave my fashion wits to my children. But I figured I could leave them a brand. And I have two incredibly beautiful boys, uh, Misha James, August Van, and Pasha Bo, Ashley Van. So, you know, wife had a eureka moment with me, and we said, why not give them something that's theirs? So we, said, we gave him two beautiful names, August Ashley. And we said, let's, let's just name it August Ashley. Um, yeah, it might be confused with the dating site, but they'll get more chicks. But, um, <laughs> you know, it was really, it was just kind of like something I could leave to them that would always be there. And uh, uh, like a memory of their dad that created like, you know, his own little fashion line. Uh, I mean, we're big in terms of volume and the accessibility we have. We're still small in terms of our reach sometimes because we're really a private boutique type atelier. And that's cool. That's who I am. But I wanted to leave this for them. That's where the name change came about. And we we wanted it to be sophisticated, elegant. We still wanted to keep our like unique twist on things and whatnot. So that was kind of like a natural progression in life. And I'm really happy with where it's gone in the direction. And it'll take some time to stick again because as a parent, like so everyone knew Dirty was an extension of dirty socks. But now my life isn't about me. So my life is about my children. And that's why it changed. Because, um, you know, I, the next stage of my life is all about building. I'm still living for me, of course, obviously. But my life is also living for my boys and giving them the best. And then when I pass on, leaving them with the best in their name. So I'm grateful for that. So that's kind of like the story behind it same people behind it obviously same same love same passion same desire to help same desire to create same desire to make people like really happy and confident in how they dress and and that they're excited they're excited about their journey over years just in closing how can people get in touch with you a couple ways i mean uh we have you know in this new age we have our instagram sites My personal one, dirty socks, dirty SOX, at our actual brand store site, August Ashley Atelier. That's on Instagram. On our website, augustashley.ca, not .com. I actually wanted the .ca just to let you know, uh, most people to know that our our originating place is Canada. Uh, Very proud to be Canadian, especially with all that's happening in the world. Uh, Canada gave me a life that I could only. I have dreamed of, or maybe not even a dreamed of, because um, well, I talked to my father about it. It's a life that we we don't take for granted, and Canada provided uh, for that. Uh, and, and those are the two main ways you can hit us up. We have our studio here in Toronto, a new studio that we just built, and then um, you know hopefully Cancun, Mexico, New York will all happen post-COVID. Uh want to just help a lot of people in a lot of places if I can, so that's kind of like the easiest way to get at me. Or just hit up Adrian and say, yo, who's your boy? Hit hit him up for me.
0: (laughs) That's already been happening. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Listen, really rewarding to have you on. I cherish our friendship, our partnership. And thank you for being on the Driving Ambition podcast.
1: Yeah, (laughs) it was funny. Adrian has a pair of pants that I monogrammed. I love you, man.
0: (laughs) That's it for this episode of Driving Ambition. I'm your host, Adrian Ambition. Please be sure to subscribe or follow this podcast, leave a review, and follow Driving Ambition Show on Instagram. It's about that
1: time.